Well, welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program today. God bless you as you tuning in. We're going to be in the second epistle of Peter. My, what a tremendous letter this is. This first chapter that we're going to study today is so power-packed with revelation truth that uh, it had to have come from an apostle of the Lord, the apostle Peter. Amen. I know there's been much dispute throughout the church age concerning this letter, but I, I tell you that in studying this letter, and especially in studying this first chapter, we come to realize that it had to have been written by Peter. He is so filled with God. Oh, I tell you, just inspires me to follow men of God like that, like Peter, like other men of God today that are walking this earth that are so filled with God, that are so thoroughly dealt with uh, by the Holy Spirit, that instantly obey the voice of the Lord. Amen. Is that you? Is that something that you aspire to? Is that something that you want, that you desire from God to be thoroughly walking in the light of the Word of God and instantly obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit? Well, I believe this letter, Peter is going to show us how to do that. So uh, our purpose in this study today is, to, number one, prayerfully to know God. And we know God by knowing his word. Amen. Being acquainted with the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus said and John records in John chapter 15, verses 7 through 11. Jesus said this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Amen. Our desires will be submitted to the will of God. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Amen. So, Father, we uh, uh, seek to abide in your love continually and abide in your word continually. And so, Lord, we just ask the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us today. Help us in the study and in the teaching of the word of God. Reveal truth to us today and we'll give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Well, praise God. All right, in second, the second epistle of Peter in chapter 1, I've entitled this chapter, Adding to Our Faith. Amen. And Reaching Towards a Spirit-Filled Life. Glory to God. Amen. All right, Second Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Notice Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Notice how he says, a servant and then an apostle. He didn't say an apostle. And then a servant, he said, a servant and an apostle. This is really what we are. We are servants of God. If we're born again, if we're filled with the spirit of God, if we're working for and in the kingdom of God to better people's lives by teaching to them and preaching to them of the kingdom of God, then we're servants. Amen. And our particular calling comes after having a servant's heart, a desire to serve God and to serve fellow man. 
So let me start again. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Notice that Peter says this, to those that have obtained like precious faith with us. The same faith in Peter is the same faith that is in us, and it comes to us through the knowledge of God, through knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, through uh, new birth. Amen. Now notice something else Peter says here. He says, who have obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of God. This is the result of new birth. We have received, we have been made, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, we have been made the righteousness of God. In other words, we have received the rightness of God through, uh, through uh, the new birth, through the blood of Jesus, coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Old things haven't passed away, all things becoming new. We have now been made right in God's sight. Praise God. Amen. And then Peter adds, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace and peace abounding towards us, conferred upon us abundantly. Amen. And it comes, and it comes to us through a true knowledge of God and of Savior. Now, religion can't necessarily give that to you. It's got to be real, revealed to you through Jesus Christ and salvation and through the Holy Spirit, through him entering into us and working in and through us, bringing us, amen, to that place of perfect peace. Oh, I tell you, there is perfect peace in Jesus, even in the turmoil that we're in right now. Even with the pandemic that's going on uh, throughout the world, Christ gives to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, perfect peace. Amen. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful gift we have in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Verse three. Now I've titled this section being made partakers of the divine nature. Think about that for just a moment. If you're a born-again child of God, you have been made a partaker of God's divine nature. Can we, can we just take a, a moment and just think about that? We are partakers of God's divine nature. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord. Amen. Verse 3, according as His divine power has given unto us, has granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, once again, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. His divine power. Speaking of Christ's divine power that he won through conquest. Amen being put to death in the flesh, being justified by the Spirit, being raised from the dead, praise God, amen, and granting unto us new birth, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness 
All the blessings of God. Like like Paul said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Everything that pertains to life, everything that pertains to Godliness, not the life that now is, but also the life which is to come. I am telling you what God has set us up. Amen. Not for a fall. Amen. But for to be blessed beyond measure. Why? Because his promises endure. Praise God. Amen. Now notice that all of this, all of these blessings, every blessing that pertains to life and godliness, all of it comes through the knowledge of him. Epignosis. Amen. A recognition, a full discernment, a full acknowledgement of who Jesus is, not just the historical Jesus. Not just the Jesus that is preached behind the pulpit. We're talking about something that we have personally come to know. A reality on the inside of us. Amen. Not a theory, but a fact. Jesus lives in our heart. That's a fact. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And through this knowledge and through the Lord Jesus Christ, he has called us to glory and to virtue, to glory and to excellence, to glory and to goodness. Amen. That's what's working in you. That's what's working in me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, our body may be waxing old, but this man on the inside, he's renewed day by day. God is bringing him. Amen to glory and virtue, bringing him to glory and excellence. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. Verse four, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Notice this now, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And it's through this knowledge, personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, having received the Holy Ghost, He's our witness to the truth. And because of this are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God has rescued us. And in rescuing us, he's granted unto us exceeding great and precious promises, great and precious promises concerning salvation, great and precious promises concerning the infilling of the Holy Spirit, great and precious promises concerning being made over in a safe and a sound fashion, our minds being renewed, our bodies being restored, walking, amen, and talking in health, Amen. Being separated out of the kingdom and power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. I tell you, there are so many things that we can shout about every day and be thankful for. Exceed. Think about that. Exceeding great and precious promises. Praise God. Amen. 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 And these are gifts. They've been granted to us. We can walk in the light of them. Amen. 
And then Peter says again that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Something that's freely given to us. Amen. We're walking in the things of God. We're walking in the person of Christ. We're walking by the Spirit of God. Amen. We have been welcomed into the household of God. The entire Godhead lives on the inside of us. Amen. And because we have the witness that we know God, then we also know that we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This old world is going to wax worse and worse. But you know what the church is going to do? The church is going to get stronger and stronger. Amen. All the way to the fullness of the light. Praise God. Amen. All right, verse 5, allowing our faith to grow. Notice that Peter goes on and he says this, and besides this, besides all of the blessings of God that we have, besides all things that pertain to life and godliness, besides all of the exceeding great and precious promises that come to us, being partakers of the divine nature through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, besides all of this, giving all diligence, in other words, giving all eagerness, giving all earnestness, and with all speed, notice what Peter says here in verse 5, add to your faith. Faith is the foundation gift. In this case, it's the Greek word pisti. Amen. And it means you, you add, you and me. We are to add to our faith. We're not to stop right there. Amen. That moment that we got up from the altar and we claimed Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and we we believe that he saved us and then we just leave. I, I, I tell you, I, I have uh, listened to people. I have witnessed to people that claim to be saved. Yes, that they were baptized in such and such a church. And then they turned around and walked out of the church and never went back, never went back. And you can tell there's no life in them at all. Just death. But they're hanging on to this one little idea that all they had to do was go in and just make a token gesture towards Christ and pray a sinner's prayer and then they, and then be baptized in water. That's it. That's all I have to do. Nothing more. And then I can just go and leave and just live my life the way I want to. No, friend, I'm telling you right now. The faith that God deposited on the inside of us is the strength that God gives for us to receive Christ and to be born again. But once we claim that, once we confess Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, once we have a witness. See, a lot of these people that 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 claim to know God, but then they 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 don't darken the door of a church. They don't pray. They don't read their Bible. There is no fruit at all in their life. That would make that would cause one to see a witness that they know God. Amen. They're just hanging on a little token gesture towards God. But God puts faith in us for a reason. Faith to receive Christ to see as, as Savior and Lord. But after that, faith to add to. Amen. We are to grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And Paul said this, writing to the Roman church in chapter 12 and verse 3. Notice what he says. As God has allotted to every man a measure of faith. You were given a measure of faith. I was given a measure of faith. Everyone who's come to Christ was given faith. God put faith on the inside of us, first of all, to wake us up and to give us the strength, 
amen, to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. The Holy Spirit drew us. God drew us into his net. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're to add to that faith. What are we to add? Well, Peter says the first thing we're to add is virtue, moral goodness, excellence. That which is working externally based upon what God had did internally. See, the faith that is inside of us, we are to work out of us, working out our salvation. Now, that's not talking about doing works in order to get saved. That's talking about that which God has done on the inside. Find expression on the outside. Amen. Remember when you were first born again? Oh, I tell you what, you were just so thrilled in love with Jesus. You were just ready to do whatever, whatever you could for him. Amen. Praise God. See, that's God on the inside, working on the outside. Amen. And then we are to add to virtue knowledge. This is the Greek word gnosis, which just means understanding. We are to add understanding. We are to come to a greater understanding of Jesus Christ as our Savior, a greater understanding of his word, what he is require, requiring us to do. Amen. There are certain things you and I are going to have to do. Amen. We can't sit down on our salvation. That salvation has got to work. Praise God. After we have received the knowledge of the truth, then there becomes a responsibility that God lays on us to transfer that truth into action and to begin to doing thing. And, and, and the love of God that he has shown towards us, we're to shed that love abroad by helping others come to know Christ. Amen. As Savior and as Lord. So we are to add to our uh, virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, self-control. Learning to master the desires and the passions of the outer man, <laughs> praise God. Putting on Christ and making no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Amen. And then to temperance, we're to add patience. Notice this, patience, endurance, steadfastness, consistency in the faith. Now, you may have quite a few years of being a child of God. And then you can remember back when you were first born again, you were up and down, in and out. I tell you, you were so inconsistent. <laughs> and that if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost putting boundaries, uh, you, you would just flow just like water, just flow out <laughs> in every direction. But God added some structure, consistency to your life. And then you begin to learn. Amen. And you begin to gain in the things of God. And you began to learn self-control. Well, in learning self-control, God wants us to add to self-control patience. The ability to be loyal and remain loyal to Christ, even in the midst of fiery trials and temptations and suffering. We begin to develop on the inside of us the discipline of perseverance, doing like Paul said, being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And then the patience were to add godliness. Well, godliness is just another word for holiness. Walking in holiness and righteousness. Learning how to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and putting off the former manner of living. Amen. Just those things just knock off of us. I know when we're all first born again, we come into the kingdom of God. We've got a lot of rough edges around us. 
<laughs> Amen. A lot of things we bring in from the old life. But as we can, as we stay consistent in the things of God, striving for the excellent, striving for the mastery, uh, the Holy Spirit has a way of taking these rough edges and smoothing them out. And a lot of the old sin tags that we used to have on, they just start dropping off. Praise God. See, and we begin to reach on into perfection. It's all the work of God. Amen. And verse seven, it says, and a brotherly and to godliness, brotherly kindness. Now, isn't it interesting that before Peter mentions brotherly kindness, before that he mentions patience. And then godliness, patience, letting God have his perfect work on the inside of us, bringing us to that place of true holiness. Amen. That's that's on the inside of us. We have, we were created in righteousness and true holiness, holiness that's on the inside of us through patience, through endurance and steadfastness works on the outside of us. Amen. And then we get to from godliness and holiness to brotherly kindness. Amen. Philadelphia, brotherly love. And I like what Charles Finney said. He pointed out in one of his books that one of the reasons the spirit is grieved and why revival fails is when fellow believers lose brotherly love and grow cold towards one another. If you're in a situation now where you're growing cold or those that you fellowship with in church are growing cold, it's time to pray. It's time for revival. It's time to stir the man of God up on the inside of us. Amen. To have fervent love and fervent, fervent charity with one another. And then verse eight, Peter writes, for if these things be in you and abound, not just in us. A lot of these qualities that Peter's talking about, they're already in us because the Holy Spirit is in us. But they have to be brought out. They have to be developed. They have to abound. For if these things be in you and abound. Now, what Peter's talking about is not just a new birth. Now, he's talking about being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled or be constantly filled with the Spirit. Speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns spiritual song, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. Amen. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what is the Lord Jesus looking for when he comes to you? Well, what was Jesus looking for when he came to that fig tree, when he approached the fig tree? What was he looking for? He was looking for fruit. So we have to ask ourselves this question. When Jesus comes to us, is he going to find fruit? Well, I tell you, he better. <laughs> Amen. And we better be fruit bearers. That's all I have to say. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we become fruitful in the things of God? How do we become fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Well, it starts off with faith. We begin to exercise faith in these things. Amen. And we go over to Galatians chapter five when we begin to look at the fruit of the spirit. And we go through that list, that catalog of the fruit of the spirit. 
And there may be areas in there where, you know, I'm not very strong on that. No, no, I don't see a whole lot of that fruit in my life. Well, that's when we begin changing. That's when we begin praying. So that's going to be a fruit that is one of the major characteristics of my Christian life. And then we begin to develop that. Praise God. And we got to do it by faith. Amen. Verse nine says, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Peter's talking about believers that stopped this process. That never proceeded beyond the initial acceptance of Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. Maybe they weren't taught. Maybe they quit going to church. I know there's one church that every quarter they baptize people into the faith. And I asked one of the members of that church, well, uh, these people that are baptized, are they are they added to the church? He says, no, most of them I never see again. That's not going to work, brother. That's not going to work, sister. We have a responsibility. That means to add to our faith and to be fruitful in the knowledge of of Jesus Christ. But now Paul's admonishment is this, but he that lacks these things is blind. He's been blinded. Sin blinds us. Pride blinds us. Ignorance is a blind. Amen. Hallelujah. And cannot a see far off. And other, you know, wisdom, let me say this about wisdom. Wisdom always sees the end result. And how does wisdom come? It comes through the knowledge of God. It comes through digging deep into the things of God. It comes through the word of God, extracting that which God inspires us to come to know. Revelation and illumination. Notice Peter says, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. You know, you take your hand and put it right in front of your face, right in front of your eyes, and then try to read your Bible. Just can't do it. What do you see? The only thing you see is your hand. That's all you see is your hand. Can't see afar off. But he that lacks these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Notice what Paul, in writing to the Roman church, says, to whom God has set forth, to be a propitiation, that means to be a substitute, the mercy seat, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. When you came, you and I came to Christ, all of our past sins were washed away in the blood of Jesus. But from that moment on, you and I are accountable for everything that we've done, every fault and failure, every sin of commission and every sin of omission. That's why we are to continually, before we take communion, examine ourselves. And if there's anything that we've done, you know, Jesus said this. He says, when you come to the altar to present your gift and you are reminded that your brother has ought against you, you leave your gift there at the altar. You go be reconciled to your brother and then you come back and offer your gift and it will be accepted. Amen. See, that's what sin does. It blinds us. We can't see it far off. And we forgot. We have forgotten that we were purged from our old sins. But then Paul says this in verse 10. I mean, Peter says this in verse 10. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence. Once again, diligence, eager, eagerness. To make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you should never fall. You and I have a potential to backslide. It's with us every day. And if we don't if we don't check this backslidden condition, we'll become apostates 
because that's what sin does. Sin will take us farther than we wanted to go. It will take us down to the very pit. Amen. That's why you and I, we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and not make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We do that daily. Paul said it this way. I die daily. And that's good. That's a good lesson for us. We die daily. We die daily to the passions of the flesh and to this world, to the things of this world. We die daily, but we live to Christ. Amen. We put off the things of this world and we put on Christ. And then Peter says this, verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there's going to be two conditions of the believer when Jesus returns. Number one, there are those that are going to receive an abundant entrance because they've paid attention to what Peter is exhorting uh, Christians to do in these verses. And then there's going to be the other class, those that will be ashamed before him that is coming because they know that they haven't lived up to the ideals of the Word of God. All right, now, <clears throat> the last part, and we'll go ahead and finish this out. Wherefore, I will not be neg negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, and I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you might be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. And then he says this, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. But now listen to what he says in closing out this chapter. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Amen. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, bless the ministry of the word of God to our hearts today. Holy Spirit, carry it, the full revelation and illumination of it, Father, into our hearts. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly 
and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.